the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Radio. Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Friday morning. We're so glad to have you join us today. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Alicia Quibido and Damian Colado. Hey, guys. Good, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's Friday. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> we're about to light that fourth candle, y'all. So it seems like this third week has kind of zipped by. So I need, I need Advent to slow down a little bit more, right? Yeah. Got to stay for that last Christmas. week. I know, but I just got to savor that last week of Advent. Get ready. Oh, okay. But, um, yeah. Today we celebrate Blessed Honoratus Kosminski. So let's start in prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. May your grace, almighty God, always go before us and follow after so that we who await with heartfelt desire the coming of your only begotten Son may receive your help both now and in the life to come. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, blessed Honoratus Kosminski, pray for us. Pray for us. This is also your friendly reminder that Christmas is next weekend. So just a reminder. I always had to remind my dad uh, because he always did his Christmas shopping on Christmas Eve. But that being said, <laughs> you can tune into Overflow Radio on our free app. This year, Catholic Community Media is extending our real Christmas music on the air from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. on December 26th through December 28th. You can go to the Apple App Store or Google Play and search Catholic Community Radio and hit that download button and get into the Christmas spirit. So, you know, we're, we're, we love celebrating. So we're just going to keep on celebrating to the Feast <laughs> of the Epiphany. So uh, and right. this is a great way to do that. <laughs> okay, let's talk about today's show. We have events in your listening area. We will give you details about in eight minutes. So stay with us. There's a lot of stuff going on. In 18 minutes, Renee Bayer Boudreau will be joining us. She is a nurse, family nurse practitioner, and she's going to be talking about foster care and a call to adoption. This is such an important interview. I definitely recommend staying with us. She's actually in the studio right now with Alicia and Damien, but yes. we will hear more from her shortly. So it's going to be a great time with Renee. Mm -hmm. In 35 minutes, Jeff Young, the Catholic foodie, joins us. <laughs> Always looking forward to the conversation with Jeff. And in 48 minutes, Debbie Cowden joins us to talk about the book, The Prayer Book for Tired Parents, Practical Ways to Grow in love of God and get your family to heaven. So it's going to be a great time. Great topic with Debbie. Looking forward to that. And Damien, wow, it's a little chilly outside yes. today. It's, it's beginning to feel a lot like Christmas, as a matter of yeah. fact, since we're talking about it and it's not that far away. Cold and chilly days are here. 
Today should be sunny, though, so it'll warm up things a little bit with a high of about 64. Low's going to be about 46. For the weekend, it will be cold. Uh, highs are going to be in the 50s, lows in the 30s during the nighttime hours. And in fact, tomorrow we also have a 40% chance of rain, but I don't think we'll see too much of that, at least I hope not, with winds at about 5 to 10 miles an hour out of the north. Nothing worse than cold weather and wet. Mm-hmm. at least in my book uh, that adds a little chill so uh, you may even want to get the fire started in the Ooh, fireplace who knows uh, <laughs> Monday and Tuesday we're going to get rain 90% on Monday to start our week with highs in the 50s lows in the 40s temperatures in and around the area right now home in Thibodeau and also Covington 44 degrees Gulfport is 43 and Baton Rouge chilly still 39 degrees and New Orleans Crescent City the warm spot where it's 53. It's five after on Wake Up, Don't Go Too Far. Good morning, I'm Father Chris Decker, and today's gospel comes to us from John chapter 5. Jesus said to the Jews, You sent emissaries to John, and he testified to the truth. I do not accept testimony from a human being, but I say this so that you may be saved. John was a burning and shining lamp, and for a while you were content to rejoice in his light. But I have testimony greater than John's. The works that the Father gave me to accomplish, these works that I perform testify on my behalf that the Father has sent me. We've heard the gospel, and now we reflect. Today's gospel is placed within the context of Jesus establishing his authority. In the Jewish legal tradition, two or maybe three witnesses were required to sustain a claim in court. Jesus gave an impeccable list that went far beyond the required number. In today's passage, the first two witnesses are given, John the Baptist and Jesus' miracles. Subsequently, Jesus will cite the testimony of the Father, the Scriptures, meaning the Old Testament, and finally Moses, five totally. Establishing credible authority is critical. For example, the Book of Mormon claims to be the writing of an ancient prophet who lived on the American continent from approximately 2200 B.C. to 421 A.D. It is claimed that the prophet Mormon died subsequently became an angel, and returned to earth in 1829, the year before Joseph Smith published the Book of Mormon. The Koran is the religious book of Islam, which Muslims believe to be the recitation from God verbally revealed to Muhammad through the angel Gabriel over a period of 23 years, from 609 to 632, the year of Muhammad's death. Now, without discussing claims and counterclaims, Jesus' resurrection, the greatest of his miracles, stands as the ultimate proof for the authenticity of Christianity. Jesus' resurrection from the dead is an historical fact that was witnessed by a vast number of people, including the apostles who saw the risen Lord after his resurrection. Paul counted himself among those who saw the risen Christ and testified that 500 brethren saw the risen Jesus at one time. The reality of the resurrection is the foundation upon which our faith in Jesus stands 
securely. It is also the rock that shatters all other claims, for no other religion can provide the indisputable proofs like those that support Christ's claims. In contrast, the non-existent miracles of all other religions shatter all their claims. The evidence of history does not lead us to the virtue of faith, but it gives our faith a powerful, logical foundation. Have a wonderful day. This is Jimmy Sagers. Thank you, Brother Jimmy and Father Chris Decker. You're listening to Wake Up. It is Friday morning and a happy one to you. And a number of events in and around our area, one in particular we want to share with you is tomorrow from 8 until 10 a.m., 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., it's the Pancake and PJ's Breakfast. We had Our Lady (laughs) of Mount Carmel Church. That's in St. Francisville. Everybody knows where that is, especially if you live in St. Francisville. And they're hosting the Pancake and PJ Breakfast. Uh, in the parish hall cost is just 10 bucks there will be crafts for kids that's always fun and uh, proceeds will go to benefit our lady of mount carmel's march for life youth trip that's that's coming up Uh, for more information you can call the church office here's a number jot it down and we always tell you to have pen and paper handy when we do the the events giving them a chance okay (laughs) 225 635 3603. If you need more info, call us here at the station. All right. So high school seniors, listen up, although you're probably all taking exams. So parents of high school seniors, here's a great opportunity. Uh, You can fill out a brief application for Catholic Youth Leadership Award Program. It's sponsored by our good friends at the Louisiana Knights of Columbus. So that deadline is coming up in a month. It's January 25th. Uh, So again, that's for the Catholic Youth Leadership Award for high school seniors, uh, Louisiana Knights of Columbus. Columbus, you can go to louisianakc.org to find out more information about this wonderful award. Yes. And oh my goodness. Go yes. Ahead. Go no, ahead, Gabby. And I was really excited about this event because this is such a wonderful and fun <laughs> tradition. One of my favorites over in New Orleans, Christmas caroling in Jackson Square. It's so beautiful, you guys. It's happening on Sunday, December 18th. Uh, people will meet on the cathedral steps at 645 p.m. It's only for one night. Jackson Square is illuminated by hundreds of candles held by singers, both amateur and professional, singing Christmas favorites and that everyone is familiar with. The event is free and open to the public. It is so much fun. It's so beautiful. And it definitely gets you into the Christmas spirit. Couldn't get any more New Orleans and Caroline and Jackson Square with everyone. Yes, I'm glad to see they're doing that still. Uh, If you're interested in making a retreat, especially in Baton Rouge, well, there's a men's acts retreat coming up. February 9th through the 12th, and it's going to be uh, with the group from St. George Catholic Church in Baton Rouge. You will meet at St. George, depart, and go to Rosaryville Retreat Center in Ponchatoula, and then you'll be back on the 12th for Mass and get to share your experience uh, with your family and friends. The cost of the retreat is $350. It helps defer the cost and expenses that are incurred with that event. And family uh, financial aid is also available. If you uh, need some financial aid, you can fill that out on the registration form, which you'll find at the website at st-george.org, st-george.org. 
Org. That kind of rhymes. Excellent. It sure does. Look at you on a Friday morning. <laughs> hey, the wine conference is coming to Baton Rouge. Wine, women, and the new evangelization. It is a women's conference. Uh, the title of this year's conference is Anchor of Hope. It's Saturday, January 28th. It's being held at Our Lady of Mercy in Baton Rouge. It's a great day. They're wonderful speakers. Our good friend Kitty Cleveland is one of the speakers. Aaron Franco is a speaker. Uh, there is a $65 registration uh, fee for early registration that's before December 28th so you may want to get on that 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 fee will go up $20 after December 28th so you can go online to Anchor of Hope 2023 Uh, and Gabby can put that in the comment section on our Mm -hmm. Facebook live feed so uh, it is 15 minutes after the hour on Wake Up Stick Around we're going to visit with Renee Byer Boudreaux on Wake Up This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for December 16th. Today we celebrate Blessed Honoratus Kosminski. Born in 1829, as a young man, Honoratus spent a year in prison for suspicious political activity. Two years after his release, he became a Capuchin Franciscan and was ordained four years after that. He dedicated his energies to preaching, giving spiritual direction, and hearing confessions, working tirelessly with the secular Franciscan order. A failed revolt against the Russian Tsar in 1864 led to the suppression of all religious orders in Poland. Continuing his ministry, Honoratus founded 26 male and female religious congregations whose members took vows but wore no religious habit and did not live in community. They operated much as secular institutes do today. In 1906, various bishops sought to reorganize these groups under their authority. For defending the independence of the groups, Honoratus was removed from their direction. Instead of retreating into bitterness and self-pity, he urged the group members to obey willingly, placing their gifts at the service of the gospel. Seventeen of the groups he founded still exist as religious congregations. Honoratus died in 1916 and was beatified in 1988. The new Saint of the Day app is available now for your smartphone or tablet. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. And welcome back to Wake Up. Glad you could join us. Damian Collado, Gabby Smith, and Alicia Quibito. And with us in studio now, Miss Renee Bayer-Boudreau, family nurse practitioner, and here to talk about foster care and the importance of adopting a foster child. Good morning, Renee. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Merry Christmas to you. Yes, Merry Christmas. Yes. Favorite season. It is. It is. So share with us, first of all, a little bit about who you are and and then why you feel the, the call is so important because you're in the process of possibly adopting a, a foster child yes we are um yes I've, I've always had it in my heart even as a, a teenager that i would be interested in adopting um and my husband and i have three children i have an 18 year old stepson a five-year-old biologic daughter and um we've had a three-year-old foster son um for 18 months now wow. and um prior to that um he was with another family for a year this family had already adopted two children through the foster system earlier that year, and they weren't ready to adopt again. 
And with fostering, the goal is always reunification with the biologic family if, um, if possible. But when things weren't looking like there was going to be a reunification, we were called and asked if we could um, accept him um, to um, you know move forward with adoption if needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's start on the, on the front end because the need is great the need to is say the huge. least we we've, we've had other guests on our show mm-hmm. talking about the need for uh, parents or foster parents mm-hmm. because there're just so many children who who yeah. aren't being guided in so how how do you begin without getting too in depth sure. how do you get certified or qualified and then tell us about the adoption process once you can move forward mm-hmm. in that regard the um to get to get um, foster certified takes about six months, okay. and you do that through DCFS, Department of Child and Family Services. Um, you have an orientation class. When I went through the process, it was um, in January till May of last year, um, and we it, we do about twenty to twenty one hours of continuing education that we could do virtually at the time because of COVID, I think they're still doing that. Um, and then after that, they they start calling you. You don't have to be open to adoption to be a foster parent. Okay, that's and good to know. It, yes, yeah. you, can, you can just foster children um, in the hopes of reunification, and a lot of children are reunified. Um, but the ones that um, things are not working out, they become um available for adoption once termination of parental rights has happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so in our situation, that actually just happened last week. Um, as far as the adoption details, um, I'm actually not super savvy on that yet, okay. but um, okay. we'll be getting a lawyer and meet with the social worker later today yeah. to learn a little so bit more about that. the parental rights for your foster child have been? They have been, okay. yes. Okay. Yeah. yes. Okay. And, and you can request an age group that you're interested in, in male or female? Absolutely. You you have all of the say-so in that. Um, you know, for us, because we had an 18-year-old son and a 5-year-old daughter, we were careful with um, teens coming into the house um, in our situation. Some people are okay with that, and that's fine also. Um, but we requested 8 and under. Um, we didn't have a preference on gender or race or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um you also, you know, there's different types of neglect and abuse, and so you can be specific if you mm-hmm. have a preference about that, um, you know, avoiding um, sexual abuse or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. If you are worried about exposures and behaviors oh, to right. your other children, that is an option. Um, so, Well, you being in the medical field, was it a little easier? They treat you any different? <laughs> no. No? No. Mm-mm. You got to go through a process Absolutely. like everyone else. Yeah. Uh, sure, you know, this is a big part of the pro-life movement. Absolutely. The forgotten Kind of like the, like the back part. end, for, yes. forgotten part, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And it needs to be addressed, and you're right. doing that, and that's admirable of you. Well, God's got all the glory but i mean we hear so much about animals animals in need everywhere and nobody's talking about the children and um the more i i'm in the foster care system and see all of the needs and the workers are telling me there's a crisis um because they don't have enough homes and the needs are not insurmountable i mean they're it, it would just take you know a, a few hundred more homes to uh-huh. meet the needs um, and workers right now are under so much pressure with um, 
children that unfortunately have died this year with um, some exposures to fentanyl and things like mm. that. And the, they're just getting a lot stricter with regulations and, and the workers are even having to sleep sometimes in the office with children that they can't find a placement for. Um, I've literally had them beg us, um, mm. you oh know, which is just goodness. heartbreaking. Yeah. So there, there's a shortage of workers as well. The workers are they just overworked? I mean, there is a shortage of workers, and their workload is is huge. Their caseload is huge. Yeah. 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 Our yeah. our social workers, and she's amazing. Um, but sometimes she's um, right. been no showed because she's had to emergency oh. go and pick up a child. Mm. Um, so, wow. so what type of support do you get from the outside or even from uh, the Department of Child and Family Services? Yeah, but social workers are, are there for um, you kind of twenty four seven with calls um, and needs that you have. Um, the state does provide. Um, money to help cover the cost of the child's needs so you excuse me you're not getting paid but you're um getting money to help support the child's needs mm-hmm. um, and of course med you get medicaid um which has been you know very it's easier sometimes than my own insurance you <laughs> yeah, know right. yeah. so, so right. do, do you find that uh there are some folks out there who have n- numerous foster children oh. i've seen some of those stories mm-hmm. good ones and bad ones exactly. some are doing it for that's the money my, and that's great. what gets the yeah. notoriety mm-hmm. but right. there are i admire some of these uh families who have six seven eight foster children mm-hmm. and yes. they do such a great job of parenting yes i think it, it's very taxing on them but they're definitely called and you know, women that have fertility issues or families that just want to grow and help a, a child in need um you should, I can't imagine that you wouldn't have the opportunity to adopt a child um, through through DCSF because there's so mm-hmm. many that need help. Um, but every foster family that I know has been able to adopt. Um, wow. Another friend of ours has um, a baby that she's had for almost two years and they got her um, straight from the NICU um, oh as a goodness. newborn. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have two other children that they're planning on adopting. Another family that's had 13 kids come through, three are adopted, and one is coming up for adoption. Um, So um, there are a lot of families out there that are making a big difference. Yeah, being a nurse, I'm sure you've done a little research, too. How many children are still needing homes? Do you know off the top of your head? You Um, talked to anyone over there? I don't. They so on average, it's around 240 children in foster homes um, monthly, and um, in, the, in the state of Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Wow. And last year, they had about 5,000 cases. Um, wow. And I think it was around 300 children that stayed in in homes throughout the year, foster homes throughout mm-hmm. the year. Um, I think it was a little over a hundred that were reunified. Wow. So what happens if it doesn't work out? Say I adopt or, or am a foster parent for a, a, an 11 year old mm-hmm. and we just don't get along. Yeah. How, what happens on that end? You, um, if it's not working out, you can re- request that okay. he be placed somewhere else. Somewhere else. So, yeah. Okay. Renee, can you tell us about? So, so you have shared with Danny and I in the break that you, you and your husband decided, and you just shared with us that eight and under, um, and you have this one child. Have you gotten calls about additional children? I, I probably get um, 
six calls a month, sometimes more, sometimes three calls in a week. Um, just the other day, they called us about a two-week-old. Mm. We've been called about a five-year-old uh, and a five-day-old sibling pair. Oh We've goodness. been called about a, a two to three-year-old who actually had, I think a sibling was actually killed in a domestic violence mm. issue. Oh, um, so how how easy is it to say no oh to that? Gosh. That would be so, right? Yeah, it's gonna be it's, tough. Um, I, I feel like I'm kicked in the stomach every time. I bet, um, I bet. But, but you have to make the decision that's best for your family. So important for, for people to know about this. This is such an important part of the pro-life movement. And it's a part that we were talking about. It, it isn't ever talked about. Right. And, um, and there, the need is is so great. So many children, so many cases of abuse and neglect. Mm-hmm. Um, I met a neighbor trick or treating last year with this precious little baby, and I said, "Oh, baby," you know. And she said, "Oh, this is our foster daughter, mm-hmm. and we pray that she's reunited with her family." Yeah. Which I was mm-hmm. like, "I think I'd be so right. connected. I would, yeah. you know, that, be greedy, that, right?" That's another tough part of yeah, it. it really but, is. But yeah, it's part of, of letting go too. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I mean, you think about the holy family and Mary knew. You know, mm-hmm. from yes. the moment that she would have to give up her son, you know, so yes. you do this for the love of God and to take care of the kid while they're yes. under your, you know, while while they're with you. And yes. Well, wow. Renee, is there uh, a number or what What do you recommend for those who are interested and yeah. want to learn more? Um, the DCSF web, DCFS website has um, all the information and there's a local Baton Rouge office um, on Ardenwood. So if you just um, search that, there will be a phone number for that and they're offered classes all throughout the year. Yeah. Well, great. Renee yeah. Byer Boudreaux, thank you for being with Absolutely. us. Absolutely. And sharing your story. Thank you so much. And God bless you and we'll be praying for you as well. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. All righty, folks. It's 30 after on a Friday morning. Hip, hip, hooray. Now it's time for you to get after it. You're listening to Wake Up. Thirty-five minutes after the hour. Thanks for tuning in to Wake Up. I'm Alicia Quibido with Damian Colado and Gabby Smith. Hey, it's Friday, and that means our good friend Jeff Young, the Catholic foodie, joins us. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, y'all. Good morning. Like cozy and uh, warm, or are you chilly? <laughs> No, we're cozy and warm. We got our nice, hot, freshly brewed River Road coffee. We are doing well. How about you? Me too. Me good. too. Good. Good. Well, we're so happy. I feel like it's been a while since we visited. Jeff, I'm so glad that you're back on Foodie Friday. Me too. It's been like forever. I'm it happy to be back. Been. It has been. <laughs> so what you want to talk about this morning? Well, we have still, there's some time yet before Christmas. Yes. Right? We're, we're just about to enter into that, that crunch period, I guess. That's of, right. Uh, That's right. Of Advent. With the O antiphons, if you uh, pray the, the the divine office, right, you get into the the O antiphons right before we we celebrate Christmas. Mm-hmm. But also, I know you know, still time to to do your shopping and your planning and, and all of that. I was thinking one of the things I've been thinking about the last few days is uh, gifts. Yes. And you know, it's so easy to go out and buy gifts and and right. all of that. But there's, I've had people in my in my life, dear friends, who have kind of impacted me in the past when it comes to gift giving because uh my friends robert and ann robert of uh uh 
of uh, blessed memory. He passed away a few years ago, a couple years ago. But Robert um, and Anne, what they would do every year around Christmas time, and usually it's like Christmas Eve, they go around, and they they had made pans of cinnamon rolls. Oh, yum. And they would would drive around town to all their friends and give these cinnamon rolls so that you could just pop them in the oven the next morning, right, Christmas morning, have these fresh homemade cinnamon rolls. And it's just such a, um, a gift of self. Right, such a, a yes. thoughtful uh, gift of self that's that's uh, unrepeatable. Right? Okay. Nobody else could do that. Right, that's like from Robert and Anne. That's like that's like the thing. And and um, we have tried to incorporate some of that. And I wanted to share just some ideas of ways that you can give gifts like that. Right, gifts from yourself. It, it's a gift of self. It's from your own hand. It, it's really. Yes. It's art, right? That's what we call art. Art is something that we make, and it comes from who we are. Yes. And so it's a gift that can be given, but it's also it's also like art. So um, some of the things that we've done in the past, and we love to cook, of mm-hmm. course. And so we'll do something like maybe get a, a really nice platter. It could be of whatever material. Yes. Something really nice that could be reusable. And so, But on that platter, we don't just give the platter, right? On that mm-hmm. platter, we... We cook something and we will, whether it's Christmas cookies, and we have all kinds of different cookies we like to make. I know we did some rosemary shortbread last year. Oh, I made that uh, too. That done, was delicious. <clears throat> oh, that was good. Yes, yes. And, and my it, neighbors and there, and, loved them. I'm just saying, you shared that recipe with us last year. It's on CatholicFoodie.com. The rosemary shortbread, my neighbors called me after and said, I have to have this recipe. <laughs> so. <laughs> Oh, yeah, those are good. And they're easy to make. Yes. Right? They're easy to make. Yes. And they're, they're, you cut them into these little squares so they're easily stackable. It's just, it, and it makes a nice presentation. It's a really nice gift. Yes. Um, we have these Lebanese butter cookies that we have made over the years. I've made those uh, two delicious. <laughs> those little sesame, remember the, 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 in the cookbook I have the, the Lebanese, the sesame seed cookies. They have sesame seeds on top. Yes, I have those not tried really, those yet. Wow. I've done the Lebanese ones that are very fragile. Yes. The Lebanese butter cookie, also and on CatholicFoodie.com. The ones that Annabelle loves to make, my oldest daughter, Annabelle, they, these are um, uh, salted, how does it go? They're chocolate, salted chocolate chip tahini cookies. Oh, Right? So okay. it's kind of incorporate tahini, which is a, a nut, kind of with a seed paste. It's from right. sesame seeds. It's kind of like peanut butter, but from sesame seeds. Okay. And the base of what you use to make hummus. And so you would not think, oh, let me put that in the cookies. But right. these things, it's got that salty sweet going oh, really, really good. So those are great, great to put on these kind of platters. But you don't have to do sweets. You could do like a different container, a different canister or container that's very nice and do something savory like um you know, you can make some kind of like the spiced uh, pecans or uh, yep. something on those lines, you know, or or brownies. But this is one that recently my wife and I have been talking about it. I think this is a really great idea and we're, something we're going to try to do this year. You know, um, it's wonderful to, if you're on Facebook and you get those reminders of things that happened right in the past, the memories, yes. it's, it's wonderful to see those things. But... It, it's it's sort of you don't it, it it's digital. It's not like something you could put your hands on, right. and it's something from way back. When, you know what I mean? It's like yes, it's, um, yes. It's almost just not not very human. If if you I got if you. you understand what I'm trying to say there, but something that um, 
that is very human and is of, a, of your own hand is a handwritten letter. Yes. And to, to get some nice stationery, not mm. a Christmas card that's got stuff written in it already, but nice stationery, something like that, and to write a letter in your own hand from the heart to the people that you love. That's and that's something that is, that is irrepeatable. Yeah. Because the, the thing is, is that we don't know the day or the hour, and we don't know how long we have. And okay. I think it's better to say things that we want to say to people now. I think that's beautiful. That is such a beautiful reminder. You know, it's interesting. uh, Just uh, recently, I was visiting with my pastor, and he uh, mentioned uh, people's different ways of saying thank you. And he said, you know, a a handwritten note is my favorite thank you. You know, Mm -hmm. just that really that sincere uh, reaching out and and letting me know, you know, how you felt about something or or, uh, how much you appreciated something is so important. And I don't know about you, but I love getting a handwritten uh, note in the mail too. And what a beautiful idea of doing that at Christmas time. I know we all uh, received the long, this is our year kind of letter from people, but having a personal note uh, from someone, whether you've seen them yesterday or or last Christmas, uh, is such a beautiful gift, Jeff. I love that idea. I also uh, love the idea of, of baking my cohorts here can tell you that that's one of my love languages is food and um, enjoy cooking uh, and baking. Damien's. Do you have a favorite that you give out for Christmas? Because I, I, the little box had a variety. It did have a variety. So, I love so, the peppermint bark. Oh, that yeah. was so I And I like the, peppermint peppermint bark. Bark. I the gingerbread and then, cookies. And then I do make these um, Barefoot Contessa um, they're called hermit bars, and that seems to be a win for all the neighbors. Oh, yeah. That and and my hermit people, bars. and um, and it's like a gingerbready, yummy kind of. And you know what? It's super easy. It's got a ton of ingredients, but super easy and transportable. Yeah. Uh, but that is one thing that I do uh, love to do is give people things that that I've made because it's more than just well, you run know, into the store and I, buying I think something. That's, Jeff is on to something in yeah. regards to that. Yep. A lot of people do that or used to, mm-hmm. and I think they should get back to it if yes. they haven't, only because they usually don't get that but that one time a year. Right. My wife, right. Her, mm-hmm. her deal is turtles, yep. pecan turtles. Mm-hmm. <gasps> yeah. Like you said, it takes I, a little while to We're still waiting make. for ours. You have not, she has not made a thing. Ellen, come She's on. a little slow at doing it. <laughs> Aww. It's Turtle. busy time for everyone. It we should is. give each other a break. <laughs> it is. Well, so Jeff, on CatholicFoodie.com, I know that you have the uh, rosemary shortbread. I cannot suggest that enough. I think that that's such a, you know, it, it's not a common uh, combination, but it's a delicious cookie. Uh, you also have the yummy uh, Lebanese butter cookies. And then I have not made the, the um, is the recipe for the ones with the, uh, um, well, the one you just mentioned that your daughter makes. The tahini. The, the tahini. Are those? I, I'm gonna double check. I think. Okay. I think. I think so. Okay. But if not, I'll have to put it up there. And you mentioned another one um, with. Um, I can't remember with uh, seeds on it. What was that? Oh, one? the tahini, the sesame seed. Sesame cookie. seed cookie. Yes. Yeah. And that's on CatholicFoodie.com too. They are. Okay. I'll have to, uh, 
send those over to you. Okay, I might have to have give you a report on those. I'm going to try them out. You're going so, to get, make Jeff, Jeff give out all his all secret his recipes. Secrets. That's right, all your secrets. <laughs> Jeff Young, I'm the Catholic. Well. <laughs> Jeff Young, always a pleasure to visit with you. Check him out at CatholicFoodie.com. Jeff, have a blessed last week of Advent and a beautiful Merry Christmas. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, stick around. Debbie Caldwin uh, visits with us about her prayer book for tired parents. It's 15 minutes before the hour on Wake Up. I'm Father Chris Decker, Director of Mission for Catholic Community Radio. In the Eucharistic celebration, we come to the Lord, we adore Him, and we receive Him. May our celebration of this Christmas season remind us that Jesus came to save us. Merry Christmas. It is 48 past the hour. Thanks so much for tuning in to Wake Up This Morning. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Damian Collado. You can tune in to our free app on Overflow Radio. This year, Catholic Community Media is extending our real Christmas music on the air from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. on December 26th through December 28th. So how can you tune in and listen to this wonderful music this time of year? You can go to your Apple App Store or Google Play and type in Catholic Community Radio has to be those three words and download our free app and listen on the go. You click on the music note at the top right hand corner of the screen when you open the app and you can listen to music 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. December 26th through the 28th because you know it doesn't stop at Christmas. We continue on into Epiphany as well. If you have an event in your listening area all the way into, I don't know, it could be next year. Uh, I have events being submitted next summer already. You can send it to us for free at ccmedia.live. Click on events in news and fill out the form. It goes to me and I post it on our website. So it's absolutely free and we talk about it on the radio. Our next guest is Debbie Cowden. Today she joins us to talk about the prayer book for tired parents, practical ways to grow in love of God and get your family to heaven. Hey, Debbie, good morning. Thanks for being with us. Good morning, Gabby. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. When when I first got a press release about this book, I said, where was this when my son was an infant? Uh, tell us a little bit about your book, Prayer Book for Tired Parents. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny you say you wish you had it as when your kids were infants, because I felt the same way. My husband and I um, are Catholic. I grew up Catholic. My husband is a convert, and we thought that we knew our faith, and we thought that we had a pretty good grip on our prayer life until our first was born. And it seemed like everything came unraveled, and after that point, you know, our second baby came along, our third baby came along, and we realized that we needed to change the way that we were living our lives, and we realized also that there was a unique spirituality of parenthood, and there are unique struggles that we face as parents when it comes to uh, taking our family to Mass, praying together as a family, having that robust prayer life and constant conversation with God. And so the prayer book for tired parents really is the fruit of our exploration of how we can raise holy children in this world that doesn't really want them to be holy. And so it's, it's, yeah. it is a practical guide. It spells out some specific ways to build a foundation of faith. It offers reflections on the saints 
and prayers that are uniquely suited for parents. And it also offers that encouragement, too, that it's okay to be tired. It's okay to have hard days. And it's okay to just throw up your arms in the air and just say, God, I don't know what to do. Because that puts us in a beautiful place of abandonment where we can trust in God Mm -hmm. and we can recognize that the only way that we can do this parenting thing and get our kids to heaven is by the grace of God. So I hope that other other parents get the the encouragement and get that practical wisdom from the prayer book for tired parents. I remember going to church and, you know, taking my son along and I was a zombie in mass. I'm going to be the first to admit it for a long, long time. I don't know what was going on. I went through the motions. I was constantly wondering when he was going to wake up, when he was going to scream in the middle of church. Just, you know, everything that parents go through, wondering who's going to be watching you or telling you to shush, you know, because it's happened before. Anything that we can turn to, any saints, anything that we can get us maybe back into that, get out of that zombie-like state, um, and really kind of dive deeper into why we're in mass in the first place. And it is okay to feel this way. Amen. Absolutely. And that God is working through you in those moments when you feel like a zombie and when you feel like everybody (laughs) is looking at you because your toddler is pulling all of the missiles out of the pew and throwing them on the floor during mass or when you feel like this this is the case with my husband and me um we have three kids and for almost every single sunday mass one of us at some point is at the back of the church with one of our kids Mm -hmm. and that god is using you in those moments and that you don't have to be discouraged i mean you brought your kids to mass i just got goosebumps thinking about that that god loves you and he made you for this and he's going to give you the grace to be holy. And so that's why parents really need this encouragement. You're not a bad Catholic if you're standing in the back of the the church with your kids during Mm -hmm. Sunday Mass, or if your kids are rolling around on the floor screaming as you're trying to pray the rosary together, you're trying and God sees that effort, and that He's he's working Mm -hmm. through you in those moments. It's really cool when you have that mindset. Absolutely. You also have some relatable real life reflections on the struggles that parents with young children face. Can you kind of share with us one of those reflections? Because sometimes we need to see that we're not alone at that moment in time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one of my favorite reflections from the book is a a saint reflection on St. Therese of Lisieux, the the little flower, and it, it offers a prayer for the prayer of a parent during a child's tantrum. And we know from um, from Therese's parents' letters that they exchanged back and forth at Therese as a three-year-old through some big fits. And there were times in the letters where St. Zaley said that, you know, little Therese has just thrown herself on the floor and she's writhing around as though all is lost. But St. Therese still became one of the greatest saints in our church, a doctor of the church. And so if that, if that three-year-old Therese can become a saint, Surely there is hope for our little three-year-olds or our little children as they're throwing what we call their big old fits. And so this prayer offers uh, a, a chance to reset for a parent and says, Lord, help me to love my child in this moment and to disciple my child in this moment, because it's in that moment where we as parents get to exercise the virtue of patience and gentleness, and we can show our children the Father's love. We can be sanctified in that moment, too. So that's one of my favorites. We also have St. Lawrence and the prayer when everything is going up in flames. We've got a prayer for healing a family risk, um, a, a prayer for grandparents, a, a prayer in Thanksgiving for coffee. We've got everything. This is all written from a tired parent's perspective. 
And so I know that parents are going to find, they're going to be able to flip through the book and they're going to be able to point to the prayer and say, that's the one that I need right now. Oh my goodness. This is so practical. (laughs) This is so practical. And I'm so grateful for my parents who, whenever my son did throw a fit, just so loving and caring and just kind of, it's okay. The reassurance there, the support was just absolutely incredible. Um, Even, you know, late night feedings two every two hours, just sitting there exhausted, but praying and thanking God for this moment, because that moment will never happen again at that time. So something like that, something as simple as that cup of coffee or the five minutes minutes of peace. This is so great. And I think, uh, Debbie, this is a perfect Christmas gift for those new parents or those parents who are maybe going through a difficult time, the terrible twos, terrible threes, whatever you want to call it. This is perfect. So uh, tell us where we can pick up our copy of Prayer Book for Tired Parents, Practical Ways to Grow in Love of God and Get Your Family to Heaven. Well, the, the best the best website I can give for people who are listening live right now is Tired Catholic Parents. And when you go to tiredcatholicparents.com, you'll get the link to be able to buy the book. You'll also be able to see some some blog posts that Dave and I have written. Um, The the website's still pretty new, so we're building up that library. And then you'll also be able to hear some more um, interviews and more more discussions about what's in the book and what tired parents can glean. So again, that's Mm -hmm. tiredcatholicparents.com. And of course, the book is also available at EWTNRC.com, Sophia Institute Press, Amazon, and some other places where you can buy good books too. But tiredcatholicparents.com. That's perfect. Thank you so much, Debbie, for joining us today. Debbie Cowden with the book, Prayer Book for Tired Parents. Thank you. Yes, I love that book. And uh, I'm going to leave a simple prayer, one for our children that we usually teach them, one of the first prayers in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Angel of God, my guardian dear, to whom God loves, commits me here. Ever this day be at my side to light and guard to rule and guide. Amen. Amen. Guardian angel, protect us. Definitely, and pray for us. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you back here Monday at 7 a.m. Central Time. Gary Zimak joins us with following the truth and a Bible verse to ease our worry and anxiety. Alan Migliorato will talk about raising Catholic teens in today's world. And Dr. David Whitten from Fran U. Have a wonderful Friday and a great weekend. God bless. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Radio.